A warm welcome, and I want to invite you to this new series for professional Christian women givers grow with scriptures. I am going to start with a scripture passage and weave science, psychology, and spiritual care, and of course, our Christian faith. And for today, the scripture that I'm starting with is this from Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now, faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I'm sure there are many, many interpretations and ways of thinking, but I'm going to link this with our emotions and thoughts and our process of growing psychologically, spiritually. So you might wonder, how is this connected with emotions and thoughts? And how can we apply this in our daily lives? That's exactly what I'm unpacking today. Because you might have noticed that whenever we have negative or unpleasant feelings and thoughts, our tendency, our cultural belief is that we're going to go to the root of it. We're going to try to fix it. We're going to try to find the cause and then fix it and move on. Now, that helps many times mind you, but not all the times. And many times what happens, especially for professional Christian women, being very busy and taking care of so many things, so many things are on our plate, that when those negative thoughts or feelings are coming, we either suppress them, or when we are aware of them, we try to dwell on them, trying to fix them, but we rarely get rid of them. Have you noticed that? They keep coming back over and over and over. And many times because of it, we start the wrong conclusion saying, oh my goodness, there's something wrong with me. How can I not fix this? How can I not get rid of them and become consumed with this? So on top of it, we're piling self-criticism, our perfectionism gets kick in and we think, oh, we could have fixed this. But reality is that this is not necessarily the full glass, so to speak, way of dealing with unpleasant feelings and thoughts. There are many ways to approach it. And there is actually two processes in general, one that can give us these types of problems and the other that I'm going to unpack today. Now, either alone, they're not enough. And that's what I want to bring in this episode today. That is not that you're going to pick one or the other. It depends on the circumstances and there's something we can do about it. And I'm going to teach you how to discern this. All right. And I will unpack this today and I will draw from my decades of guiding people growing psychologically and spiritually. And I'm going to share inner laws of emotions and thoughts, one of the crucial one. And you will see how then both approaches to emotions and thoughts can be quite helpful and complementary. And if you're a regular, welcome back. I'm really excited that you're here. And if you're new and you don't know me, I'm Dr. Yuana Popa from Team for the Soul. And I love to bring science, psychology, spiritual care, and ancient Christian faith so that I can help Christian women to continue to regenerate, prevent burnout, but also move from losses and grief to hope. And in the same time, help them to really grow in Christ to fulfill their own potential, God-given potential. So with that, let's dive in. So here's what I've noticed decades of practice is that most people, kind-hearted people, men and women alike, but I'm speaking to you as a Christian woman, that we've been conditioned to deal in a certain way with emotions and thoughts. It's possible that maybe all the way back to or first 
layers of psychology all the way back to Freud, it's possible that it's been perpetuated also by the scientific inquiry and the way we deal with problems in general, that most of us, when we have emotions and thoughts that are unpleasant, they're not helpful, we get preoccupied, and then we notice some sort of reaction that we don't like, we quickly jump in into fixing, I need to fix this, there's something wrong, that I have these unpleasant emotions, and I need to fix it. And then the way to do it is to figure out what the cause is. Type in the chat if this is familiar to you, if you resonate with this. My sense is that this is very common. We, we jump right away to fix it. And especially as women, I actually was reading a very interesting book on psychology for women, that we have the tendency in general to try to nurture and help other people's growth. And we do that with ourselves. We can want to continue to grow. So the pattern is, I need to fix this. So what do we do? We go for the cause. Why do I have this bad thought? Why do I have this bad emotion? Trying to find the cause. Where is it? How can I fix it? And invariably, we perpetuate this. And I'll tell you how. It's not bad that we want to go to the root of it and try to fix it, right? This is what all therapy is all about. And I think this is amazing. We need to get the support from therapy if we're not functioning to get to good functional level. We need coaching if we're functioning really well and we want to function even better, reach our highest potential. So in that, we uncover some of the patterns, some of the causes, but this is only half of the story. Because when we do that habitually, unconsciously, what happens is we divert our focus, our attention to these negative thoughts and patterns. And I've shared this in another YouTube. We have what's called state-dependent memory, where the more we, whatever we focus, we also nurture. So if I'm focusing on the negative emotions and I don't have the right strategies to deal with them, I'm going to bring actually more negative emotions and then the thoughts are going to get triggered and the thoughts are going to escalate and are going to bring even more negative stories. And before you know it, it's a cycle going on and on and on. So remember, trying to fix and go to the root is not bad. I want to make this disclaimer. I'm very clear here. But when we do it alone and we're not taught how to actually disentangle and get to the root then that is an issue. That is a problem for the reason I just shared, that we nurture. Our focus has a tendency to nurture and we get more and more brain circuits focused within uncomfortable thoughts and emotions. So what's the other half of the story? If this is not helpful and we don't have the right tools and can lead to rumination or energy sapped, we trigger those states, we actually make more grooves, so to speak, in our brain in these patterns. What is the other half? But before we go there, let me share one important law internally about emotions and thoughts, which is well understood in the psychological community, you know, either through therapy or coaching, that emotions and thoughts, we don't control when they come. We don't control when they come. We don't control necessarily the content. They're just going to come and go, come and go. Before we know it, we get triggered either consciously or subconsciously, and new states will appear inside of us. 
So the idea is that the emotions, we don't control when they come or they go, but what we can control is how we respond to them. It's like a wave in the ocean. We can't control the waves of the ocean, but we can respond to the waves of the emotion in different ways. The same with thoughts. We literally produce thoughts all day long. It's like a reservoir, a spring of thoughts constantly that's going from our brain outside, or sometimes we bring in more thoughts that will create new thoughts. It's a constant flow. But what we can control is how we respond to that. So that is really key. So now we have the two sides, the two halves of how to deal with unpleasant emotion and thoughts. On one hand, going to the root, understanding why are we getting those emotions triggered? Why are we getting the, these thoughts triggered? And in order to do that, I always, always recommend to do that with a guide. Because alone, we get into loops inside of our brain and we stay stuck. So either you might want to talk with a therapist, you might want to talk with a counselor, you might want to talk with a life coach, you might want to talk with a mentor. You want to have someone else that is more objective outside of you that can notice the patterns and bring them to your awareness so that you can find those roots, so to speak, and move towards fixing them, all right? The second part, though, is that we want to focus on this reality that we cannot control emotions and thoughts. And this is what I've noticed many times with thousands of people that I work with, they get to the cause, they get to the root of it, and thoughts and emotions still come up. And I want to say that that is natural. Just because I've been, I did my own work for more than a decade now doesn't mean that I still don't have popping up in my brain different undesirable thoughts or emotions. They do because they will, will continue to grow. If I can just make a pause here, I live several decades and probably so do you. Multiply that by 10 numbers of years and multiply by that 365 days a year and multiply that by what, 16 hours of awake time. There's a lot of root causes of why are we experiencing the emotions and the thoughts today. So just the idea that I can just go to the root of everything forever, that's going to take me, what, the same amount of time that I lived, right? That's not necessarily realistical. We need to go, obviously, to the deepest roots that we need to unpack. And in the same time, we can do the second piece that I'm going to share with you right now, which is focus on God's qualities inside. What do I mean by that? Fruits of the spirit, right? We know this from the scripture. Gratitude, the peace that surpasses all understanding, so on and so forth. Kindness, agape love. In internal family systems, which is a psychological methodology, they talk about true self and psychosynthesis the same. In neuro-linguistic programming, which is a very interesting coaching strategy based on psychological principles, they talk about resourceful states. In science, they talk about smart Vegas. I don't know if you heard of this, but we have the parasympathetic and the sympathetic systems. And if you like science, I'm listen to this just for a couple of uh, moments, 
there is parasympathetic has a freeze mode, but it also has a smart vagus when we are bathed into very balanced way of being, which in neurolinguistic programming we called resourceful state or an IFS true self or for Christian fruit of the spirit. So my, the point I'm making is while we are going to the root, we need to be also very clever here and continue to nourish resourceful states. I really like this phrase because it's easy to grasp and it gets to the root of it. So you might wonder, well, what does this have to do with even the quote, right? I said at the beginning, well, this is all about growing with scriptures. And I shared my scripture for today. Now, faith is a substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Well, when I think about the faith and the substance, that substance, which is unseen, it's through faith. It's actually that true self qualities that we have inside, the fruits of the Holy Spirit, the image of God, that's the substance. It's unseen, but if we believe it, we believe what's unseen, that's faith, and we know that it's there, that means we can nurture it, right? The idea that we're moving from image of God to the likeness of God, we need to do our part. We're co-creating with God. So when we nurture resourceful states, when we lean into the substance of things that are hoped for through our faith, then this grows. I'm sure you heard about gratitude journaling. Guess why is it working? Because it's the same principle. This is the second half of what we can do. Besides just going and figuring out our thoughts and feelings, which by the way, I mentioned, want to do it with someone one-to-one or in a group setting to have the support so we don't loop. You can also nurture the resourceful states. And this is so important that for me, it's a foundation for all my programs and my groups for Christian women and my one-to-ones because when we nurture it, the substance of things not seen is going to just reveal itself in ways that you and I are amazed of how it's unfolding and how it's happening. So I'm going to share with you now, before we wrap up, how to nurture it and why is this important? I've already explained, but what to do about it. It doesn't take rocket science. It really doesn't, but it does take some discipline. And I want to really, really encourage you that discipline for many of us Christian women, I don't want to generalize here, but for many Christian women I've, I've talked with and including myself, we can do the structure, we can get very disciplined, but sometimes we really resent it. We really resent it and we fight it. So I want to share that. Remember, this is something that you might choose to do. So it's not something external. It's something internal that you decide for your own benefit. And I hope I'm making the case here. And if not, please put in the chat. I would like to hear for that if you need any more clarification. But the way we nurture it is this. I'm going to bring a big love science. Brain is really plastic. Now, when I did my medical school, the belief of the time was that brain is not plastic, that we are born with a certain number of neurons, those are the cells in our brain, and then we only go downhill. We're only going to die, and that's it. Now we know the brain is plastic, and it doesn't take forever to shift. Actually, there have been cool studies done with musicians. When they practice daily, they did then brain scans. The parts of the brain involved in 
practicing their instrument, I believe it was a violin, the brain thickness grew. Amazing. Amazing. And then after a full summer of not utilizing those parts of the brain, the brain went down. The thickness of that particular area went down. So it doesn't take months and years, although it feels that way, doesn't it? Sometimes it's going to take three to four weeks. So I invite you to practice it every day and take small steps, so small as you cannot fail. In other words, if you're going to nurture some really lovely qualities and states of being in resourceful states, do it every day. You can do that in the morning before you even hit the ground running. You can do that at night when you say your night prayers. You can do that in the middle of the day. Now, you might ask, well, what if I cannot even get to that? Like, how do I think of resourceful states through the day? Ask a very quick question as you go through the day. Am I in a good state right now and I'm resourceful? Or do I feel open? Do I feel calm? Do I feel like my brain is working properly? This doesn't have to be 100%, right? It can be just 50%. That's okay. You'll t- we'll take that. But ask yourself, right, am I in that resourceful state? Do I have access to my full capabilities? Or am I closed in? Am I fearful? Am I more in a fight or flight or into a freeze mode? If that's the case, the quickest way to shift your state of being into a resourceful state of being is through your physiology, is through your breathing and your posture. There have been studies showing that. Actually, three things, breathing, posture, and also facial expression. That in studies showing that when we actually smile a little bit, we perceive life in a more open way, even more funny and humorous. So facial expression, watch your face, be attentive. Not saying go to the mirror. I'm saying if you're in a meeting, just pay attention to your face. If you pay attention to your posture, you know, are you really slouched or can you stay straight and feel resourceful because the physiology, the body will shift first and then will shift our state as well. And the same with the breathing. Check your breathing. Is it really shallow? Just take some deep breaths. You'll be amazed how the body will calm down, get into more resourceful states and will impact then your thoughts and your emotions. So in a certain sense, I want to wrap this up, this idea that we can lean into the faith that is a substance of what's hoped for by that substance. Think of it as resourceful states because those are from God. God said, no fear, have no fear. So fear is not a resourceful state unless obviously we're chased by a tiger and then we we better be in that very fight or flight mode, right, to, to survive. But that's happening very unlikely. It's very unlikely in our lifetime. So when we do that, we lean into this resourceful state, which is the fruits of the Holy Spirit, the image of God, and we nurture that. We bathe into God more on a daily basis. And I'm going to link to another passage from scripture as we wrap up, which is this from Matthew 6, 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. 
So when we seek the kingdom of God, the image of God, the true self, the substance of God, then everything else will be added to you. And then again, that doesn't mean we're going to be passive. I want to do that disclaimer, right? As earlier, if I'm not discrediting here the role of psychiatric treatment, therapy, and medications, if someone needs that, or guidance, or coaching, or mentoring, I'm not discrediting that. There is a purpose to really trying to figure it out, where is this coming from, and how to solve it. But in the same time, the other half is always put God first, always lean into that and linked it to resourceful state. So I hope this message is really fruitful and I cannot wait to hear how your practice is going to really nurture resourceful states by using the three methods that I shared earlier to get into it through your breath and actually have a YouTube exactly on how to access awareness and sense of calm through your breath. You can do it through your posture. There have been psychological studies showing that. And number three, through your facial expression. There's many other ways to do it, but those are some quick ways that you can practice and monitoring through the day. So with that, I'm going to end with the prayer. And thank you so much for all you do. Dear God, thank you so much for the substance of things not seen for faith. May you increase faith in our listener and may you continue to bless her and you continue to strengthen her and find ways to really ground herself in resourceful states which are coming from you. And may you continue to bless her and continue to support all the wonderful beings that she's supporting at work, at, at home, in the neighborhood, at church. And may you continue to bless all of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And with that, thank you so much for all you do. And until next time, I'll say goodbye. And I wish you all the blessings and send you many, many prayers.